Jason looks like, we have nothing to be afraid of. In Philippians 1, 6, it says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day Jesus comes again. It 
believe in confidence. I believe the confidence in God needs to come in spite of your confidence in people. And in spite of your confidence in yourself. God wants us to have confidence in Him. In spite of the confidence that you have in others. Or the confidence that you have in yourself. David, when he went to fight the giant. He had confidence in God. Saul needed a giant killer. And he didn't have confidence in David. said, why don't you put on my armor? Why don't you have my sword? Why don't you... He didn't have confidence in David. You know what Saul ultimately saw confidence in? He had confidence in the God that David had confidence in. He had confidence in the God that David had confidence in. So in spite of yourself and in spite of others, God is still God. He's the God of this city. He's the God of this nation. He's the God of my house. the salvation and with the heart you believe somebody say with the heart with the heart not with the mind with the heart you believe I talked with a young lady yesterday said you know I believe these things while my mind's always telling me it's not true your mind will lie to you that's why God didn't say that your faith is in your mind your faith is in your heart That's why you don't hide the Word of God in your mind. You hide the Word of God in your heart. Because when it's in the heart, that's where faith is at. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if your mind is arguing with your heart, then let your mouth settle it. My goodness, that right there will just preach. Hey, this is not this is not just come up with. This is the spirit of the Lord right here. I need to get the tape so I can be able to remember these things. Come on now. If your mind is arguing with your heart, then let your mouth settle it. What happens when you speak? You force your mind to think about the things that you're saying. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. God is God. 
and always will be God. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's the Savior of my soul. And He's the Savior of my house. He is the ever-present help in the time of trouble. He is God in the city. And He's God in the country. And He's God in America. And He's God in Africa. And He's God in and he's God in the Ukraine and he's God in Switzerland and he's in God in South America God is God in Asia God is God everywhere you go he is God he will never be replaced and I trust in you I trust in you Jesus Hey, glory to your name. Trust in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sing this again. Your love never fails. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. Your mind gets it. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Haven't gone too far. You haven't made so many wrong decisions. You haven't walked far enough away. You haven't destroyed everything. I'm speaking to somebody here today. You have not gone too far. You have not destroyed everything. God is God. Right where you are, in the condition that you're in, in the situation that you're facing, and He is not about ready to leave you right now. He is not about ready to leave you right now. He is not about ready to walk out on you now. Thank you. 
Can we just completely mess up service? Okay. I, I want to. I want to speak something. Just under the same. If your if your hands can hang on. Sit down for a second. Sit down for a second. Listen to this. This is what the Lord put in my heart today. I'm not going to preach forever, but I want to get this in you. message that the Lord put in my heart, I, I, I would have titled The Life of a Giant Killer. The Life of a Giant Killer. You know, giants in every single culture of the world, there is, there is folk tales and talk about giants. Giants in the church have been talked about almost like it's a fairy tale. You know, David went and fought against the giant. Oh, remember that Bible story? Giants were real. Yes. Even that statement causes some Christians to be bothered. The thought of this. Let me teach you something here very quickly. And I'm going to get into something I believe is going to absolutely revolutionize the, our church and our life. Are you ready? Giants are real. Genesis chapter 6. The Bible says giants came from the sons of God. They came unto the daughters of man in order to produce children. Called, and they called them Nephilim, which is the Hebrew word, which means giants. Men of renown. Great stature. We're talking about huge beings. Huge creatures. Why did giants come about? For the reason, are you ready for this? For the reason that God promised in Genesis 3.15, when the curse came upon uh, the mankind because of their sin, he also cursed Satan and then he gave a blessing. Listen, God is always a God that will give you something to look forward to. He said, out of the womb and the seed of this woman, or the offspring and the children of this woman, I will raise up a deliverer that will crush the authority of the devil. Man heard it. God said it. And the devil heard it. So what did Satan decide to do? His plan has always been to destroy the children. To destroy the children. The first way that he chose to do it was by producing a giant race. The devil thought that if he could come in and mess up this structure and the purity of the human race, God could never bring a deliverer from the devil. So his plan was to mess up the human race. And so they begin to start a generation of giants. Now some people get very bothered with, this, with sayings in the Old Testament like this. God tells the children of Israel to go into the land 
and kill every single living being. Man, woman, and child. And people say, how can a God say something like this? I'll tell you how. Because he was not trying to kill man, he was killing a demonically infused creatures that were produced and created by the devil himself. Giants could not be saved. They were a fallen race. It got so bad that God said, I've got to destroy the entire world. There's only one family that I can save out of this world. And it was Noah. The only untainted people. God wasn't being cruel. He was trying to protect his promise. Children of Israel came out of the land of bondage, walked through the wilderness. They were going to possess what? Huh? The land. The land of promise. Somebody say the promise. The promised land. The land flowing with milk and honey. The promised land. So they came out of Egypt and they went and sent 12 spies into the promised land. And the 12 spies came back. 10 of them said, we can't do it. Why? What? What? What was in the land? Somebody say giants. Giants. Now, kids love giants stories. It's real life giant stories. There were giants in the land. And we were as grasshoppers. In their eyes. See, but we had an issue here. Because God had a plan. God's plan was to destroy the giants and to give God's people the spoil. Moses. Moses' generation. They decided, except for two, Joshua and Caleb, said, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. Why? Because they had a different spirit. Let me tell you, if you are going to be a giant killer, you better possess a different spirit than the rest of the world. Because if the rest of the world is going to see the giants and grow fearful, but God's people that have a different spirit will see the giants and say, come on, let's get it. Let's get it done. Moses' generation fa failed. Moses' generation walked in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Does anybody know? Why? Disobedience. But why 40 years? They were in the They were in the promised land for 40 days, scoping out the land. And God said, your punishment will be you will walk in this wilderness one year for every day that you saw the promise and failed to possess it. Are you listening? One year for every day that you saw the promise and failed to possess it. Because you felt as though the giants... The spawn of the devil infused human race was greater than the God that you serve. God said, because your generation fails to see my power, you will stay in this wilderness 
until you all die. You know what 40 years was? A death sentence to Moses' generation. Those that were 20 years old and older is who God pronounced the judgment upon. 20 years old and older. Say 20 and older. That's who he gave. So therefore, 40 years... The oldest was going to be what? I'm sorry. The youngest was going to be 60. Can you imagine being 20 years old and then make the cut? <laughs> 60 years old, my dead, my dead day. Moses was the last one of them. Last, he survived the entire bunch. Every one of them died. How do you know this? That Moses was the last one to survive. Because in Joshua, the Bible says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now get up and go. <laughs> Moses was the last one to die. Get up and go and possess what I told you to possess 40 years ago. Could you imagine being the generation that you knew you were going to die? Let me tell you this. Could you imagine being the generation that knew you were going to serve a 40-year wandering? Let me tell you about a Joshua generation. They hate going around in circles and accomplishing nothing. They hate it. They hate wandering in circles and getting nothing done. Spinning, spinning, spinning. You ever feel that way? But there's some people that are content. But there are some people that say, I cannot go around this mountain one more time. And they say, don't worry, don't worry. We're 20 years in. We've got 20 more years to go. Don't worry. Can you imagine what was going on in that last year of servitude, of walking around the mountain in the middle of the wilderness? There was an uproar that began. I believe I was not there. I can't prove it in Scripture. But I know people and I believe there was something. Something that was stirring in that last year when the people of God that were of the Joshua generation were saying, wait a second, we're in the last year. We're about ready to get done what God said to do. Yep. Amen. <laughs> we, we walked around this mountain for too long now. Ah, are we done? <laughs> Come on, Joshua generation. No, we got one more year to go. No, listen, 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 listen. Moses' generation was, was, Moses' generation understood bondage and deliverance they knew what bondage was and they knew what deliverance was let me tell you moses's generation understood miracles signs and wonders they saw them on a daily basis just because god sent them wandering god did not forsake them listen to this moses's generation understood glory What's glory? The tangible presence of the Lord. They had a fire by night and a cloud by day. They understood what the glory of God was. They were seeing miracles. Yes. They had the glory of God every day. They understood supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. They understood supernatural healing. The Moses generation was all about deliverance, healing, provision, and glory. Sounds like a good church. Somebody say deliverance. Healing. Provision. Glory. Well, how would you like to attend a church like that? 
Somebody said, we do. Thank you. I believe so too. Deliverance. Healing. Provision. Glory. But you know what they didn't understand? And this is what we must get a hold of. Because the, gen- the, 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 the Moses generation missed this. And because of it, they did not walk into the promise and possess it. They did not kill the giants. This is what they didn't understand. Are you ready? Number one, they didn't understand spiritual authority. Hello. I said they didn't understand spiritual authority. God, why did you call Moses? God, why did you call Aaron? God, I don't know that I want to follow them. We're always looking for a reason why not to follow the leaders that will lead us in. Listen, if they would have followed Moses, Moses would have went. Moses sent them out. But you know what I think where Moses went wrong? Listen, um, this is where Moses went wrong. He sent out how many spies? Twelve. How many leaders did he send out in the promise? How many of his leaders? Come on, who were these twelve? Leaders of the church. Who were the twelve? Leaders of the church. One from every tribe. Leaders. He said, how many leaders? Twelve. How many leaders came back with a good report? Two. Here's where Moses went wrong. He listened to ten and not listened to two. The majority vote caused them to wonder. And Moses didn't say, I'm sorry, but we got a job to do. Listen, you know what they didn't understand? They didn't understand fellowship with God. What's fellowship? Contribution, participation, communion, or intimate exchange. They didn't understand that. Moses, go onto the mountain. Bring back a word. I don't want to dare go up in that mountain. They didn't understand fellowship with God. If you, want to, if you want to possess the land of the giants and be a giant killer, you better understand spiritual authority and you better understand fellowship with God. Intimate exchange, contribution, participation. Listen, number three, you know what they didn't understand? Conquest. They understood miracles, but they didn't understand conquest. They didn't understand that God would fight their battles so there's no reason to be afraid. Let me tell you the conquest of the Christian. You will never, ever, 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 ever lose. But the Moses generation thought they would. They didn't understand Christian conquest. Let me put it real plain and simple. Christian conquest is this. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow those that believe on my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. Let me tell you, this is what God has called for the church to do. To go into all the world and preach. But the Moses generation didn't understand conquest. They said, what if, what if I get faced with a giant and he eats me and my children? He said, they said, now I'm not making this stuff up. They said, our children will be eaten by them. Giants. Were these giants friendly giants? No. They were flesh-destroying giants. They were flesh-eating. Fee-fi-fo-fum. 
I smell the blood of an infamous one. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my Where do you think that came from? <laughs> Amen. And y'all think that kids can't get this. The problem is, the kids can understand it. It's childlike faith. Yes. It's childlike faith. How many of you have faith like a child? Here we go. You know what they didn't understand? Sanctification. They didn't understand sanctification. May the very God of peace sanctify you holy. This is what their problem was. They didn't understand sanctifying, being sanctified, giving up things for God. No, they wanted to have the calves of Egypt. You know what else they didn't understand? Number five, and this is the last one. Faith in God in spite of impossible circumstances. Moses' generation ministered. They served the generation. The word serve means to become a rower. As a rower in a boat, you move the boat from point A to point B. Moses' generation served the kingdom of God. They moved, God used Moses' generation to move the children of Israel from bondage into freedom, into, into prosperity, into healing, into miracles, into glory. He moved them a long way. But listen, there's a Joshua generation that is rising up. And the Joshua generation is saying enough is enough of going around in circles, preaching blessing, preaching Preaching healing, preaching miracles, preaching glory. It's time for us to recognize who the giants are. The giants are not sickness and poverty and spiritual deadness. And if you think that's what the giant is, you're mistaken. The giants are simply the power of darkness that has possessed human flesh in the world. Yes. And you are called to destroy the works of the devil. Excuse me for screaming. <sighs> Simmer. No, I can't. I can't. Joshua's generation rose up to take their promise and to destroy satanic opposition that was against them. Joshua's generation said, I can't wait around any longer. I've waited for 40 years. It's time to go. Joshua's generation said, I've experienced the glory. I've experienced deliverance. I've experienced healing. I've experienced miracles. I've experienced provision. I've experienced all of these things as well. But what I haven't experienced is the land that God said belongs to me. And the devil has possession of what God said belongs to me. God said to take it, it's yours, then who am I to doubt a powerful God like that? Moses' generation, their future was the wilderness, but Joshua's generation, their future was the promise. Yes. It's time for us to operate with fearless, fearless faith. And fearless faith. Amen. Fearless faith. So I'm closing right here. We're going to close out this whole entire day right now. But don't miss this. Don't miss this. Because we're going to have an offering. We better give an offering too. I forgot about that. Help me not to forget an offering. I might do that. Here's where we need to we need to focus on. Look into your own heart and ask God. If what you've been aiming for as your goal 
is provision, healing, glory, deliverance. If that's been your goal, then you have a goal of wandering. But if your goal is to absolutely destroy the works of the devil everywhere that you go, hello. I said if your goal is to destroy the works of the devil absolutely everywhere that you go. We'll say it one more time. If your goal is to destroy the works of the devil everywhere that you go, then you just might be a child. You better get a hold of what Moses' generation couldn't get a hold of. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this time of your presence in this service that we have had, that you have conducted and orchestrated from the very opening until now. Thank you for the lives that are being changed right now. And Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you will open up our eyes that we might be able to recognize something greater than the wilderness we are in and see that there is a conquest that you are calling us to. Help us to recognize the giants in our land and know that we are more than able to tear them down. In Jesus' name. Give us faith and give us boldness and give us your power. Let it operate through us for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name. And everybody said that believes. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to Liberty Church this morning. I love every single one of you. And I am looking forward to slaying some giants. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We've got an offering in the very back. As you leave and as you feel led of the Lord to give offering and to bring your tithes unto the Lord, I want you to do so today. And I pray that God will be with you and bless you throughout this week. Six o'clock tonight. Six o'clock tomorrow night. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Say Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Six o'clock. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Six. Sorry. Seven o'clock. Check on the program. I don't know what's going on. Check on the program. Whatever time it says in the bulletin, be here six, uh, seven o'clock. If you show up at six, we'll pray. Seven o'clock, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we will be in revival right here at Liberty Church. Amen. The presence of the Lord is here. God bless you. Okay, look in your bulletin. Look in your bulletin. Look in your bulletin. Look in your bulletin. Read your bulletins. There's things going on in this church. Don't say you forgot. Read the bulletin. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Come talk to you. How are you? I'm a mess. No, you're not.
Father, in the name of Jesus, you are the God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. You are the God, Lord, that walks with us, and you're the God that stays with us. God, you're the God that is with Rebecca, and you're the God that is here with Tina. And Father, you never leave. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I command that spirit of anxiety to go from this body in the name of Jesus Christ. Set her completely and totally free in Jesus' name. Free in her mind, free in her heart, free in her spirit, and let her completely and totally have confidence in you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and we agree and we believe. shadows. She thinks that they could that they're good spirits. Okay. I think there could be I think that those could be affecting her ability to come to church. I'm not sure if they can or can't but she's in the same building. Where do you where are you living on the hill or you live back here? Up on that hill. You live up on that Yeah yeah chestnut crossing has in that same building that she lives in there were two deaths with two babies.
you know, he always feels the spirit of God. But I mean, like, really felt the spirit of God, like, not too long after he was You just can tell. You know. All right. All right. Do you need to go potty? See you guys. Thank you.
Praise the Lord. 